Weekly Fantasy Roundup, hosted by Andrew Skinner and Aaron Bishop. Welcome back to another fun, exciting, fact-void episode of the Weekly Fantasy Roundup. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Skinner, joined by my co-host with the most, Mr. Aaron Bishop. What's going on, pal? Hello, sir. How are you this week? I, I'm okay. <laughs> I, like yourself, I'm on the right side of an historic double elimination week in the guillotine league. So what could possibly be bad in my world? Nothing. All is good in life. All is good in life. And this is coming off the heels of a crushing defeat to Joel and TBLC. And you know what? Don't even care because double elimination weeks come and gone. And I'm still in. I'm still in. There are single digit teams left in the guillotine league. I'm fucking one of them. This is, Uncharted waters, so you know what, man? It's all fucking good in the hood. <laughs> Feels fucking great. Feels great. You've been here before, but not me. So I am fucking just riding the emotional high. <laughs> so that's not to say that if I were to go down this week, I would not be completely and utterly devastated. But the fact that I'm in single digits, it really truly feels like I'm free rolling now. So, but anyway, we'll get into all that as the show unfolds i'm sure uh how was uh your weekend doing anything fun and exciting work this saturday like i usually do my my days after sundays and mondays so um yeah i took sunday off i like to decompress so much football that's my day but nothing wrong with that man. that man all week long just wheeling wheeling and dealing busy 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 wheeling and dealing like yeah. we've pulled 100 different directions the past couple days but hey that's life man hey that's life has it uh stopped snowing in alberta yet it did stop snowing, but yeah, it did not melt. <laughs> no, you were on like the last time we talked, you were after going through like six consecutive days of snow, which I still don't think I've emotionally recovered from. Fuck, yeah, no, that was horseshit. <laughs> That's fucking brutal. I don't want to live anywhere that it snows six days in a row. No thanks. It said it never usually happens like that. Like I said, we have more snow this year than we did all last year. Like, well, I'm, especially I'm, not this early in the year, man. This early too, yeah. It's fucking November, no. dude. Yeah, I could see like you getting six days of snow in like mid to late January, early January, February. February. Yeah. Fucking hell! If you're getting this much snow now, man, come January, you're not just gonna be fucking buried up to your eyeballs in snow. No thanks. Yeah. Come nice. back to Newfoundland, man. We don't get that much snow anymore. I remember my last winter in Newfoundland. I was digging tunnels to get into my fucking door, man. I was working overnights and I'd come back home and I'd have snow up to my waist, all wow. pure ice. Just wow. it's like can't do nothing with it. Gotta get a plow to come. Wow. And I, yeah. Well, and times have changed. Times have oh. changed. Yeah. Yeah. When I first met Amy, when I first started dating Amy, she lived in Cornerbrook and she didn't drive at the time. And she had a tunnel dug through her driveway and i'm talking like over your head this was probably a good eight feet high she had to pay someone to come plow out her driveway because of course she didn't drive nobody parked in her parking space it was the most snow i said how the fuck do you live here you know i can recall winters like that in gander when we were kids mm -hmm. but not in recent memory not since obviously snow beginning a couple of years ago that was obviously an exception so that still uh, haunts me Anyway, in other news, uh, despite the fact that I'm coming off a real emotional high making the final eight in the guillotine league, uh, there were a lot of fantasy relevant injuries this week. I want to run down some of those now. Let's uh, pour out one for our dead homies, 
Cooper Cup. Rip. Yeah, Rip pretty much just had surgery. Uh, the timeline for the recovery is six to eight weeks, and they say like to be fully recovered is a full eight weeks, but the Rams look like absolute dog shit. I'm going to go on a limb and say that by the time Cooper comes mm. fully healed, the Rams are going to be like four and 11, four and 12. I'd say they're probably just going to shut them down. So I'd say we're, we, we're not going to see Cooper cup anymore this year. Uh, Dallas Goddard start tight in for the Eagles on a fucking weird play in the Monday night game, busted his shoulder. He's out minimum four weeks. He's on IR. Zach Ertz destroyed his fucking knee out for the season. Juju Smith-Schuster in the concussion protocol. And even though the NFL has been more aware of concussions since the Tua incident, this one on Juju looked especially bad. He got fucking popped, man. He get popped, yeah, bad. So I think Juju could be out a couple of weeks. And less significantly, of course, uh, Khalil Herbert to the IR with a hip issue. It's just fuck NFL, man. It's fucking brutal. You can't get attached to anyone at any time. You know, you think your fucking fantasy teams are fucking smooth sailing. All of a sudden, whammo, key injury. You're dead. Done. (laughs) Yeah. And it's especially tough when, I mean, Cooper Cup was the, what, the 103 in the TBLC draft. I'm pretty sure Davin drafted him. So mm-hmm. not that Davin had him uh, when he got injured, but still like these guys with super high draft capital, like when these guys go down for the year, I don't care how savvy of manager are like, you cannot fully recover from that. You'd be hard pressed to find a fantasy manager. That was like, I, I won a championship, but I just lost Cooper cup for the year. Like, I don't think so, buddy. It just is what it is, right? You can have all the knowledge all the preparation, all the tools at your disposal, but injuries cannot be predicted. So I'd like to pour one out for all my dead homies that I just listed and subsequently all the dead uh, fantasy managers that own these players. Uh, <laughs> you got to think that the guy who owned Cup is dead. Uh, and to a lesser extent, like Not tight it. end, <laughs> tight end has sucked this year. Yeah. It's a renamed tight end, Travis Kelsey, man. Or Travis and <laughs> or something and after Travis Kelsey, because really he's like the only real star this year. Mark Andrews having a good year. Uh Goddard and Ertz were having good years, but now they're dead. Like fuck tight ends wasteland. But I'm just glad personally I don't have any shares of Dallas Goddard anywhere. Thank God. <laughs> I had Zach Ertz in the guillotine league, but Eighteen league, only eight teams left. I was able to pivot pretty easily, but I cannot imagine having Dallas Goddard anywhere. God, I would have such migraine if I had Dallas Goddard anywhere. Thank you. Yeah, God. <laughs> oh, you got him. Oh, fuck. That sucks. I, oh, yeah, right. You traded him to me last I, week. I remember did. that. Yeah. Right on the show. So how's that trade age for your friend? Well, I got the win over Nolan anyway. <laughs> hey, oh, it's something, right? It's wow, something. you beat Nolan. I did beat Nolan. I did. Jesus, well, we were just talking minutes. a couple weeks ago about how Nolan's team is away. Yeah, well done. And you were rewarded by losing your tight end for the season. Who you just traded for? Bad beat. Swap out Kelsey for Goddard. And... <laughs> Oops. <laughs> now we swap out Goddard for someone you might have got on the wire. Maybe Pratt Fry Muth. 
Cole Smith. There you go. Sorry if we lost. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> anyway, as always, we got an action packed show for you guys. We've got Vicious Corner, the hot new segment on the show. Then we get right into the shirt of the week, followed by some TBLC talk. And then, as always, we dive into the guillotine league decapitation nation, where, as I mentioned a moment ago, history was made in week 10 with the epic first of its kind double elimination week. It happened. Two teams went down. It was unbelievably crazy. Can't wait to get into all that and much more on this week's edition of the weekly fantasy roundup. So let's get right into it now. Vicious Corner, my man, the floor is yours. Bish's Corner. Bish's Corner. Where do we start this week? Hell yeah, some headlines. Um, Not a whole lot this past week, but today, oh my goodness, to Oscar Hernandez to Seattle. Oh boy. Honestly, I thought about wearing one of my Mariners jerseys to really take the troll (laughs) job to the next level. But I said, man, he just lost Dallas Goddard after just trading for him. I'm a a not bother. Hey, Teo, welcome to the team. (laughs) Yeah, fuck. I said, hopefully that leads to something else. But I mean, this is just a straight up cash dump. Oh, fuck. Um, Not good. Not good for the Jays. But if it leads to something... Who knows? This is definitely on those wait and see trades. Somebody um, mentioned uh, to follow up on that. Somebody mentioned in our group chat how uh, the Jays are looking at replacing him with Brandon Nimmo. But I was yes. listening to Tim and friends this evening and Ross Atkins was on. And he said, as it stands now that they don't think that Nimmo was going to fit into their little uh, cash window. They got like, they think if they want to like bring that. Nimmo in there, that it's going to have to be something a little more. So Jays fans might want to pump the brakes on that theory. Cause as of now, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Uh, oh, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this. He says, Fuck this shit. Yeah. Uh, so um, Kershaw resigned with the Dodgers. Huh? How about that? Wow. No fucking way. Yeah. Kershaw back to the Dodgers. Uh, Rizzo back to the Yankees. And we have two Cy Young winners just announced uh, this evening, actually. I think Verlander was announced this evening anyway. Verlander won the American League Cy Young. Earlier today, it was announced that Sandy Alcantara won the National League Cy Young. Al uh, Alcantara. Oh, shit. Alcantara. I know. So wow. stupid. You can still call him Alcantara. But tell me you've never watched a Marlins baseball game all year. <laughs> tell me you haven't watched a Marlins Dude, baseball. when I discovered that, I was like, who the fuck are they talking about? Sandy Alcantara. And I'm like watching the game. I, I believe it was Marlins and Dodgers. And it shows them. And I'm like, no, like, obviously, this announcer is an idiot. I look him up on YouTube. I must watch 10 different videos. Alcantara, Alcantara. I was like, oh, wow. The more uh, you know. The more you know, right? Sure, brought that up pre uh, pre podcast, I guess. Not <laughs> <laughs> all. It's all good. We're all learning together, right? <laughs> right. One big educational experience. Well, shout out to shout out to uh, Verlander and Alcantara on, on yeah. Cy Youngs. That's unbelievable, especially for Verlander, man. 
dude's like in his 40s, man, and yeah, old as shit. He's 39. He's 39 right okay. now. He just turned down a fucking shit ton of money. He's going to go test free agency. I mean, he just won a fucking Cy Young. Why wouldn't you? Right. Not only that, he's fucking married to Kate Upton, man. The greatest titties <laughs> on earth. I mean, he's 39 going on 22. Am I right? You're right. <laughs> if I was dipping my rod in that every fucking week, man, I'd be nimble. God, you wouldn't even recognize you, man. Yeah. <laughs> so shadow Verlander. Shadow Verlander. Okay. Let's move into some halftime heat. Let's see. Who do we got this week? Uh, week 10. Wow. We have myself now named Cowboys are a bye week because I'm facing Darren this week. <laughs> Defeating the juices loose, Gary Nolan by score 170 to 145. That's pretty good. They say Gary team, Gary's team is a wagon, so I'm very happy that I can promote the victory and keep my season alive. Um, next, TB Love C defeating Cove Cowboys, the not cam Cove Cowboys <laughs> by score 143.8 to 125.6. Uh, next, we have take off your lance and jack it off. <laughs> take your lance and jack it off. <laughs> I was going to, I wanted to comment ever since you started doing this, you've been calling him take off your lance and jacket when it's take your lance and jacket off. I've never noticed the offer. <laughs> and I think if I'm not mistaken, cut off. <laughs> I don't know whose team that is, but I think that's a play on the uh, buddy. What's his name song? You ever heard that song, Sarah? Take your hat and jack it off until oh you my god belong. I it's assume it's take you. I assume that's what that's from, but I'm not sure. But in any event, you keep saying take off your lights and jacket. I'm like, man, eh, fucking not my segment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is hilarious. Educational show. I'm telling you, we're just learning something every segment. Right? <laughs> oh, I'm fucking believable. Amazing. Take your lance and jacket off. 161 to 140. Uh, we have the ultra magnetic MCs. Holy shit, this is a cove piston. 167 to 110 over the clever team name. Wow. That's a big one, but not as big as this one. Cam. Two girls, one cop. Obliterated Megan. Oh my god. 180 to 104. Oof. So in this absolute fiston of the ages, it looks like Cam had 59 big points from Patrick Mahomes, and that will be good enough for the quarterback sneak of the week award. Uh, let's go into some standings here now. Number one, we have the juice is loose. Gary Nolan at seven and three. Number two, the ultra magnetic MCs also at seven and three. Number three, TB Love C, Mr. Skinner at seven and three. Uh, fourth, Sloppy Fries, seven and three. My goodness, what a log jam. Number five is Cam at five and five. Number six is Clever T Name at five and five. Seven, take off your lance and jack it off. Four and six, just here to gamble. Number eight, four and six. Number nine, myself, Cowboys are a bye week, three and seven. And last place, the Cove Cowboys at one and nine. Moving on to between the pipes and week five. Holy shit. Every single matchup was really close again, except for 
the one fisting, which we will get into in a second. No pucking around, Megan defeating myself. No soup for you by a score of six to five. The Cove Canadians losing to Scribby D and the Beaver Pelts, six to five. Mr. Nolan just won before I die, defeating on McLeod nine by a score of five to four. Uh, the Nicktie Chiefs, Joel defeating the Fantasy King by a score of six to four. And in that said fisting, Laleem's left side defeating no, or sorry, two sticks, one puck by a score of eight to two. Uh, standings this week, Laleem's left side, number one, 33, 17, and five. Fancy King, number two, 31 and 18. Nick Todd Chiefs at number three, 31 and 20. And then number four is Scribby D and the Beaver Pelts. Number five is I'm at Cloud Nine. Sixth is myself. Seven, the Cove Canadians. Eight, two sticks, one puck. Nine, Gary Nolan, just one before I die. And 10 is no pucking around. On to XFBBL action. Unlike between the pipes where every matchup was close, every matchup here was a fistin, except for one. We have five fistings this week. 10 to 3, myself defeating the Fancy King. Cove Cowboys defeating Splatty Cakes 10 to 2. Kick Punchers, Rodney, our defending champion, defeating Jamie's Fantastic Team 10 to 3. Shogun Master, Spencer, getting a big win. Uh, nine to four over Dam Adebayo. Second to last, we have Daddy Pool defeating Bish's high fat percentage, 10 to two. God love it. And we have Team Injured out game time decision, squeaking by the Foxy Lady, five score of seven to four. With the big wins this week, standings got shooken up a little bit. Rodney is still number one. Daddy Pool's number two, the Fantasy King, number three, but he's going to be dropping down, I think, because he's in some hard trouble with some injuries. Um, John might not be a playoff team come the end of the year. Uh, number four, myself. Number five, Cove Cowboys. Number six, Spencer, Shogun Master. Number seven, Foxy Lady. Number eight, Splatty Cakes. Nine, Bish's High Fat Percentage. 10 is Jamie's fantastic team. 11 is team injured out game time decision. And 12 is damn Adebayo, who I shit you not, didn't even realize he was in the league until this past week. Maybe he'll change his team name to damn Adebayo week. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) Just getting pumped every week. Has he won any weeks or just getting killed? No. Just getting killed, yeah. Clearly not. (laughs) Okay, how about some gambling? Gambling I'm in. Yeah. Bishes, bet the mortgage, pick of the week. My friend, there is a saucy little pick out there that I like. It makes me dribble just a little bit. (laughs) Chicago Bears, plus two and a half underdogs against Atlanta Falcons. They are on the road, but I don't care. Give me that matchup all day long for 2.10 odd. So I'm taking the Bears plus three on the road in Atlanta, 20 to win 40 place bet boom bet placed love it love it there you go man so, what a stressful uh speaking of gambling this past weekend the tickets we had going oh my goodness gracious oh. you're telling me 200 on a fucking aj brown anytime touchdown still not letting that get me down but 
Okay, so let me divulge a little bit. So I know free ads, but I recently signed up to Bet365, and they had a deposit bonus uh, up to $200, and they will match once. So whatever your deposit was, and when you made that amount of wagers, they would give you that much in bet credit. So I said, okay, well, I'm fucking maxing out on this. So I put 200 bucks on there. And this past week on the Thursday game, I hit uh, $200 in wagers. So they were like, hey, we've released your bonus. Way to go. Do with it what you see fit. So the only issue was that any bets made using your bonus wager money, you only got the profit if you won. So if you bet 20 to win 40, instead of winning 40, you would win 20 because the original bet would not be given to you in cash. So I said, well, fuck it. This is a free 200 bucks. Let's put it on something crazy. So came to the Monday night game, Philadelphia and Washington. I originally had, this hurts my soul. I originally had Washington plus 10. For 200 and it paid well too it was like 200 to win three something it was very wow. good yep and so i thought about teasing the line because i bet 365 you can pick your own line so the more you tease it up or down changes the odds i thought about teasing it down to plus seven and i was like no like the eagles are 10 and a half point favors like this is too much i said fuck it aj brown's gonna score in this game 200 bucks, AJ Brown, anytime touchdown. So 200 to win me 250 cash. And he had one goddamn catch for seven yards. His worst game of the season. Yeah. Oops. So that was obviously disappointing, uh, but it was free money. If that was $200 out of pocket, however, I would be raging. But no rage for me. My, my gambling's been going. Okay. You get one, you, you know, you get some, you lose some. I put myself in a situation where um, I was looking at the Monday sweat in the guillotine league and said, okay, Antonio Gibson, if he has a huge game, could potentially seek my season should I decide to bench Jalen Hurts. I didn't, so it didn't matter. But I did put $20 on Antonio Gibson to score an anytime touchdown, and that paid 3.4 to 1. That was nice. nice. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. So you win some, you lose some. You win some, you lose some, yeah. I got greedy last week. I had a fucking 10 or 11 <laughs> game ticket going on. I survived the first half. I had a lot of good picks on there, over-unders, fucking this, that, and everything. And yeah. then I had seven seconds left in that, um, I believe, the yeah, the Atlanta. No, it was the Rams in Arizona. I had seven seconds left in that game. I had the under. And, and that fucking Van garbage Jefferson time. garbage time yeah. touchdown. Fuck me. 2000 Gross. yeah over two thousand dollars i would have won but well speaking of betting the mortgage i want to shout out a friend of mine who won the mortgage payment for the month in the very least friend of mine who i met in vegas way back in 2015 she messaged me as blue she goes hey thought you'd appreciate this she sends me screenshots of a five dollar 10 team parlay she had from last week her parlay looks something like this bucks straight up chick Dolphins straight up, check. Lions straight up, check. Titans, check. OKC Thunder, check. Dallas Stars, check. Kansas City Chiefs, check. Uh, Steelers, check. Giants, check. It came down to that Vikings and Bills overtime. Now, the way wow. Bet365 works, as your ticket evolves, they offer you uh, early payout options, kind of like fucking deal or no deal. 
So basically her parlay was $5 to win $2,418. She was offered just over 1200 bucks to cash out early. She said, fuck it. And the fucking Vikings won it over time. Unbelievable. So shout out my friend Krista, who won the mortgage payment for this month, turned her $5 into $2,418.42. Wowza. Congratulations. Yeah, good job. Our tickets were actually very similar, just a couple different games. Um, but she picked the right one, and I picked the wrong one. Congratulations. Yep. Give her props on that OKC bet. Good. Yeah. Fuck me, man. I would have picked the Knicks on, uh, all day long in that game. I was actually looking at that game yep. for my ticket, and I was just like, you know what? That could go either way, but it's probably the Knicks. So good for her. Well, to- she had a couple underdogs. Uh, the Vikings were an underdog. They were plus 225. The Thunder, yeah. as you mentioned, plus 175. The Lions, plus 130. So she had a couple of uh, couple underdogs there and just fucking smashed. Yeah. So shout out. Uh- your bets are paid for for the rest of the season and probably all next season. If you're betting in $5 units and uh, you're good for a while. So shout out. I always like to hear when, uh, when a big gambling wing goes down. And if anyone listening as we, uh, as this uh, segment of vicious corner evolves, once we get into the gambling talk, if you guys out there got a story to share big gambling win or whatever, please, by all means, email it to the show. Yes. We'll be happy to read your, story, gambling share your wins. tickets. Or losses on the or air. Losses, yeah. <laughs> and if anyone feels the need to chime in and maybe share some uh, gambling picks they like for the following week, yeah. uh, by all means, share. I like to focus mostly on NFL, but if somebody's got a slam dunk pick, uh, whether it be you know, uh, hockey or uh, basketball or whatever, please, by all means, send it in. Yeah. We want to talk all things all gambling to win money. <laughs> on Bishop's Corner. Well done. Another awesome installment of Bishop's Corner. Thank you, sir. Okay, let's move on now to our poopy pants segment. Shirt of the week. Shirt of the week. I think that you're up for the shirt this week. Who is your shirt? Who is your shirt, rather, for week 10? (laughs) Um, I have to go with one A.J. Brown. Oh, look, A.J. Brown of the Turd Ferguson organization. Mm-hmm. That would be me. That would be you, yeah. Well, what did A.J. Brown do this week? Was his stat oh, line yeah. fruitful? What did he have here? Did he have one catch? Was that, was, was that his one stat One catch, yeah. seven yards on four targets. Oh, I bet him to score a touchdown. Not only did he not score a touchdown, he didn't even score two fantasy points. He had his worst game of the season when I needed him the most against one of my all-time fantasy rivals, Mr. Joel Bryant, heading into our matchup on Monday. Joel was up by 15 points. He had mm-hmm. Dallas Goddard. I had A.J. Brown. So I was already in trouble. That's a big deficit, and Goddard's always a threat to score a touchdown, win healthy, and not on IR. going to miss four-plus weeks. Um, that was a dig. I'm sorry. <laughs> just couldn't help getting another one in there he's got to get one little twist in there <laughs> one little twist so i was already in trouble uh goddard scored a touchdown very early in the game so i was basically dead at that point and aj brown did nothing so yeah 
Uh, yeah. Share of the week doesn't even begin to describe it. AJ Brown has been averaging almost 20 fantasy points a week. He's been mm-hmm. a fantasy fucking gold. I drafted him, I think, in like the fourth round, and he's been like top 10 wide receiver all year. Smash play for Philadelphia. So, needless to say, one catch for seven yards was his worst game of the season. Yeah. Absolutely shirt worthy. Excellent choice, Frank. Thank you. How about yourself? What did you pick? My choice for the shirt of the week was one Chris Olave, wide receiver. For the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. I try as always to tie in the shirt with the decapitated team. And Mr. Olave was a member of Dalla Dalla Bill, who was one of two teams who was decapitated this week in Decapitation Nation. Uh, his stat line was very paltry. He had three catches for 40 yards on five targets, um, which was also similar to A.J. Brown, his worst stat line of the season. In TBLC, he was a member of the four verticals who lost a narrow match or one of the more narrow matches of the week by less than seven points, which was the closest margin of victory in TBLC this past week. So I thought that Olave, like obviously seven points is not an awful week, but it was his worst week of the season. So the fact that he was on the decapitated team and the fact that uh, he was part of the reason why Ryan lost a close matchup, I thought that was a good selection for the shirt of the week. So a couple of wide receivers for the shirts this week. One, A.J. Brown, wide receiver for uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, and Chris Olave, wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints. Let's move on now and get into TBLC and what went down in week 10 TBLC Let's start with uh, my matchup as I mentioned just a moment ago I lost my fantasy rival and bearer of my name in a tattoo Mr. Joel Bryant got Skinner tattoo defeated me by score 155 to 132 Joel's massive 155 Highlighted by Dak Prescott, 25, Chris McCaffrey, 18, Kenneth Walker, 13, Devonta Adams, 28, Zay Jones, Whack-A-Mole, nice to see him produce 15 points, Cortland Sutton, 13, Dallas Goddard, rip, 9 points, Reed Mostert, 19. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Love to see it. I love to see it. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, fuck, I don't even know what to say. Joel, uh, well, you know, we've said it openly on the show. We think Joel has an excellent team. Uh, but when you're getting 15-point performances out of whack-a-moles like Zay Jones and continue sustained production out of old man Raheem Mostert, this team is dangerous. He traded a lot this season, and he traded right. I traded wrong. Joel traded right. Joel made some really good trades. Um I love his team, man. Uh, I think it's going to stack up. I think he's going to make him make a run to the playoffs. I think he's going to squeak in, and I think he's going to make it to at least the semis. Honestly, I don't want to see this team in the playoffs. I think this team will, will, much like this week, just bleach my asshole. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see it. 
Well, this team could be in some trouble this coming week as he faces one Mr. Cameron Stoyles, who we've both agreed that has mm. the best team in league. Cam's got his full healthy lineup this week. Joel's got bye week problems. And Joel, oh. yeah. So as much as it was great for Joel to get the big win over me last week and improve to four and six, uh, again, this is what we said about Joel's team, right? Very sexy looking team at two and six a couple of weeks ago. And he's got a couple of wins that he maybe didn't get earlier in the season. But Joel doesn't have that luxury. He can't afford a loss, man. If he loses a cam this week and falls four and seven, it's fucking real, real slim for him. So excellent work by Joel to get the win over me. I mean, props, huge week. But I think Joel is in a heap of shit this week. So. And I really think he's going to fall to four and seven and really hurt his playoff chances. But. Joel being Joel, a little bit stubborn. He said, fuck it. I'll take all these super studs with me to the grave. I'm not fucking making shit trades with you guys just to try to save my season. I was like, all right, you do you. Now, let's see. Let's glaze over my 132. Uh, Jimmy G spot starts 16 points. Josh Jacobs, very nice, 23. Sheriff White, how about that? Sheriff White is the waiver darling of this week. Everyone's scrambling. Oh, God, Rashard White, he's taking over as a starter in uh, Tampa Bay. Everyone's got to get him. Not only is he not available on the waiver wire because I already had him on my fucking team, I fucking started him last week, and he has career-best 105 rushing yards. That is how I do. Forget the fact that I did it out of pure necessity because I had Lamar and Ramondre Stevenson on by. That's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, I basically had to start him. So I'm not some fucking fantasy savant, but I did pick him up weeks ago. Uh, kind of foreshadowing. I like to put guys on my bench that I think might have end of season fantasy value. Look at last year. Fantasy darlings from last year include the likes of Rashad Penny, waiver pickup. I'm a Ross St. Brown, waiver pickup. Sony Michelle, waiver pickup. These are all guys that just got hot at the end of the season, whether it be due to injury or a rookie upcoming, you know, Rashad Penny kind of healthy for the first time in his career last year. He took off when Chris Carson uh, went down with that neck injury. That's right. Yeah. Um, Amon Ra just fucking like the lines were shit. And they were like, fuck it. Let's throw this guy the ball a ton. Now he's a superstar in Lee. So these guys kind of emerged, right? So I saw that, Rashad White was getting more and more involved in the Tampa offense. I was like, I'm going to just pick him up and just stash him away. Just was it that or because Fournette was looking worse and worse. <laughs> yep. And well, now well, they bucks by. Yeah. They say that Rashad White is going to maintain the starters role going forward. Now, they're not just going to cut out Leonard Fournette. Let's be real. And I'd like to think if the Bucks make the playoffs and go on a playoff run, they'll be more inclined to rely on the veteran Leonard Fournette, who's done it all before, but both white and Fournette are going to be involved in the Bucks backfield rest of season. And both could have fantasy value going forward. Fournette's the luckiest running back in the entire NFL. My God, if you look <laughs> at his numbers there, they don't make sense. They're so bad. And yet this motherfucker keeps finding the end zone every single week. And all I want is for him to shit the bed so I can say, I fucking told you so. (laughs) (laughs) Finding the end zone. (laughs) Yeah, well, he, at the end of the day, he is a reliable running back on a above average offense in Tampa Bay. So as much as he may be on the positive side of touchdowns right now, that may regress to the mean, but I still think he's going to have those opportunities every week. 
yeah. so lucky or otherwise. Uh, let's see. DeAndre Carter, a little dare throw myself. Very first opening drive, 33-yard touchdown. Thank you. Joel's like, Jesus Christ. He texted me. He's like, you can start fucking OJ Simpson. And you'd get a fucking touchdown. He's like, how do you do it? I was like, eh, what do you do? Again, not any rhyme or reason. Just, oh, look, Keenan Allen's out for the 75th week in a row. Guess I got to start someone. So, amazing. Yeah, Justin Jefferson had an okay game, uh, 35 points. Imagine. <laughs> I, Justin Jefferson, I still lost. Fuck. <laughs> right. uh, not much else to highlight. AJ Brown's shirt of the week. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot else. So, uh, you know, it is what it is for my team. I don't want to go as far as saying it was a scheduled loss, but I did have my starting quarterback, Lamar, and Ramondre Stevenson on a bye. So that is obviously going to hinder my chances. And I went against a fully locked and loaded uh, version of Joel's team, and I lost accordingly. So, yeah. with the win, Joel improved to four and six to win his second game in a row, and I fell to five and five. Uh, let's move on now to football team versus Cove Cowboys. Football team defeated Cove Cowboys. Bit of an upset by score of 156. 128. Justin's 156.16 was the high score in TBLC last week. His high score highlighted by Patrick Mahomes. Fuck me. 38 points. Aaron Jones, 23. Stamon Diggs, 25. Chris Godwin. Welcome back to the end zone. Bet him for an anytime touchdown. Get in there. Nice. 20 points. Um, Zach Ertz, rest in peace. Fucking <laughs> hell. Juju, Jesus. Justin put up the high score of the week, and he had Zach Ertz and Juju last week. Wow, that's incredible. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. Fuck, well, it helped that he started Donovan Peoples-Jones, man, that he traded for. This is what I was telling you a couple weeks ago when him and Sean yeah. made that little one-for-one, yeah. one, right? Could work for both teams. He starts Peoples-Jones, boom, 15 points. Titans defense had a very good week against Denver as well, putting up a healthy 18 points. Uh, that's a very good week for Justin. I'm, I'm anxious to see how he recovers from these injuries. Uh, Juju likely to miss one, maybe two games. Uh, could be longer depending on the effects of the concussion, of course. And Zach Hurts, as we mentioned earlier, is out for the season. So on the loser side of the ball, Cam's 128 was highlighted by Kirk Cousins, 15. Derrick Henry down week, just nine points. Saquon Barkley, 23. Christian Kirk, wow. wow. Christian fucking Kirk, 32 points. Wow. Uh, and Tyler Bass, shout out Tyler Bass, 13 points. Love, to, boy. See the, love to see the kickers. Your boy, yeah. <laughs> you love to see them kickers in double digits. Uh, yeah, also shout out Cam, who managed to leave Jeff Wilson on his bench. You hate to see that. Do you? <laughs> do, do you know not really always taking shots of cam oh. i love it i fucking love it we gotta get cam on the show some week we do Absolutely man, yeah. tear each other new asshole for the entire time i'll just sit here <laughs> and put myself on mute and let you guys fucking go at it oh yeah. <laughs> someday <laughs> we'll get him on someday oh roast down that would be fun Jesus, fuck, yeah. That'd be great. Yep. Just a fucking roast, yep. 
Well, it's going to be hard to roast Cam this season because despite this loss, his team is still unfucking believable. Not only is his team unbelievable, but he's got depth, right? Like I asked him very mm-hmm. candidly. I was like, hey, can't believe I'm saying this, but are you willing to trade me Jeff Wilson? And he said, yeah, I'm open to trade anyone, but it's got to make my team better. I said, okay, great. And I was like, oh, uh, I don't think I can make your team better. I was like, <laughs> you've got Miles Sanders and Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley. I said, even if I say traded you Al Lazard for Jeff Wilson, like, yeah, I get to put Jeff Wilson in my lineup. He said, I've got Kirk and Evans and T Higgins. He said, sorry, like Lazard, I know he's a part of your team, but he would not be a part of mine. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I don't even know how I can make your team better. Like I could trade you Jefferson, you know, and he's like, oh yeah, I'd be open for that, but. His team is very fucking good. Alan Zard is, you know, not a household name by any stretch, but Alan Zard is having a very good season. But just the simple fact that Cam is like, I'm sorry, I can't even entertain Alan Zard as my wide receiver three. Wow. That's a yeah. fucking wagon. I just asked for a smaller deal earlier in the season. I asked uh, Pickens for Algier, and he told me to get fucked. <laughs> so. Now, you think he maybe told you to get fucked because you literally troll him every minute of every day every chance possible maybe (laughs) maybe just a small mitigating factor in that response uh anyway with the win justin got off the schneid improved to five and five and with the loss cam lost his winning streak and fell to six and four uh let's move on now to team dinner and four verticals team dinner got a bit of a surprising win uh, beating four verticals by score of 144 to 138, closest match of the week. Team Dinner's 144, highlighted by Josh Allen, 22, Damian Pierce, 12, CeeDee Lamb, 38, Amon Ra, what a fucking player, 22, Terry McLaurin, nice little Monday night surprise, 21 mm-hmm. points. Uh, yeah, Team Dinner got the win despite the fact that Cooper Cup, rest in peace. Three receptions for negative one yards and then destroyed his ankle. Bad beat. Bad beat, yeah. So, yeah. This is a tough loss, like we alluded to earlier in the show. Any team that sustains a loss of this magnitude is going to be decimated. Team dinner is no different. He went from a one of the sexiest wide receiver trios in the league, Cooper Cup, CeeDee Lamb, Amon Ross, St. Brown, three smash number ones. Now he's got to replace Cooper Cup with Kadarius Tony, maybe. I mean, that could be okay. Could be, but it's certainly not what you want. Not, right? Kadarius Tony has a real low floor because uh, unless your name is Travis Kelsey in the Chiefs offense, who knows what your stat line is going to be. And Cooper Cup's ceiling was infinity. So that's going but to be a loss. He was hurt for a few weeks, and like we know Mahomes ain't going to – they're not running the ball. They're not running nope, the ball. That's so. for sure. Well, Some for context, for context, the Chiefs had a waiver claim in for Eno Benjamin, who was waived by the Cardinals. Cardinals that's nice. how much faith they have in Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They were like, get Clyde Edwards-Alaire the fuck off this team. They had a claim in for him. Turns out the Texans, who – just have waiver priority and perpetuity. We're like, no, we'll take them because why the fuck not? Why not, right? Yeah. But it's that claim in and of itself is indicative of the Chiefs' confidence level in Clyde Edwards-Lair, which is zero. 
Zero. They're basically looking for an insurance policy for Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon, their pass catching back. So, yeah, I think that Tony is going to flash. He had a fine game last week on Team Dinner's bench, 19 points, but there are going to be down weeks there as well, like mm-hmm. there are with any Chiefs pass catcher not named Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, on the losing side of the ball, four verticals, 138. Highlighted by Tua, 29. Leonard Fournette, we were just talking about 11 points. Nick Chubb, 15. Adam Thielen, 10. Gabe Davis, 21. Very good game. Uh, Jerry Judy got killed on the opening drive. Zero. Uh, Dalton Schultz, very big game, 17 points. And shirt of the week, Chris Olave, just seven points. Uh, Very tough loss for Ryan. This is one that Ryan needed. Um, three and seven is it's It's basically no man's land. He's got a pretty decent roster. Uh, just sucks, man. You get to that seven losses. You know that your best case Ontario now is seven and seven. And that's only if everything goes his way rest of the season. And, uh, Jerry Judy's going to miss a couple of weeks. So sucks that he had Brian Robinson and his 15 points on the bench. Kind of curious. That he traded for Brian Robinson only to not start him. Thought that was odd. Um, well, I mean, but, you got Fournette there, you got Chubb, um, and he put Olave in his flex. So, I mean, I, I can see why he didn't. Absolutely. Yeah. Robinson's yeah, just a like tough one. More of a death piece. So, bench him, see what happens. Uh, I think we'll be starting him this week A, because Fournette's on a bye, and B, because the Commanders play the Texans this week, and the Texans are worse in the league against the run. So I think you can throw out Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson in all places this week because they are going to run wild mm-hmm. on the Texans this week. Just my guess. So with Even these two teams, all I see is my former pieces. <laughs> my team is all over and they all got points. And I'm just looking at my team now, with no points. I'm just sad panda. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get to your team now. We'll go to your matchup now in just a moment because there's some things I want to bring up for the, for the context of the program. So with the win, Chatham team dinner, they them improved to five and five, got off the schneid. And with devastating loss, four verticals, Ryan fell to three and seven, lost their second in a row. Let's move on to your matchup. Aptly named another scheduled loss, took shocker, another scheduled loss. He lost to. You're not going to believe this. Steve fucking power got another gifted win. How, how, how does this continue to happen? Steve power defeated you by score 121 to 86. Okay. First of all, 86, under hundred again, not even close. Steve powers. 121 would have beaten. Uh, let's see you Costanza and Shogun master. So three teams. Okay, three out of 11. Somehow, someway, Steve Powers, LOLOLOLOL team keeps finding these fucking wins. I don't know how he does it, man. I, like I said, I'm sure I'm signing my own fucking uh, obituary by saying this, but I pray to God that I get Steve Powers team in the playoffs. Please, Lord, fantasy gods, if you're listening to me, please. Please give me power in the playoffs. I beg you, please. 
because this team blows powers dominating 121 mm-hmm. score highlighted by Geno Smith 23 Dalvin Cook big week nice 24 Travis Etienne bit of a down week 10 points DK Metcalf 13 uh, this is how strong this team is Chase Claypool uh 1.8 Robinson TJ Hawkinson 11 and a half not bad James Connor welcome back welcome back welcome how back, long yeah. can he stay healthy that is always the question talk about a lucky running back this guy has a nose for the end zone he never I could not tell you the last time James Robinson or excuse me James Connor eclipsed 100 yards but god Damn it, that man scores touchdowns. If he even starts to regress to the mean of touchdowns even a little, he's fucking toast. But for now, uh, yeah, I'm not sure I want to talk about but you're 86, but I think just for continuity's sake, for the sake of the program, for the sake of the listenership, let's run down what your 86 full PPR points consisted of last week. Just Herbert, 13. Detroit Lions running back, Jamal Williams, 12. Detroit Lions running back, DeAndre Swift, 8. Brandon Cooks, 8. Curtis Samuel, 6. Brandon Ayuk, 12. Evan Ingram, 4. Latavius Murray, 8. Dan Carlson, kicker, 2. Cardinals defense, 12. Is that... Is that Kenny Galladay on your bench? What year is this? <laughs> Holy shit. That is the dirtiest of dirt throws. Yeah. Also, shout out to you who literally flipped a coin between Daniel Jones and Justin Herbert. Came up, Herbert, and you were on the wrong side oh, of that. <laughs> that cost you nine points. You still would not have broken 100, but it would have no. been closer. This is the worst team, I think, in existence ever put well, together. Now, I am shocked. I'm legitimately shocked that you did not play Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore, that's he's got to be your line. I didn't like Colt McCoy. No matter. I mean, I Even, if go. anything else, Colt McCoy is going to look for those secondary pass options because those guys, the backups, tend to practice with the twos, right? So that's what happens, right? You see a guy like John Wolford come in for the, uh, for the Rams, and suddenly Van Jefferson's catching touchdowns. Because Van Jefferson is one of those secondary options, practices with John Walford all the time. So a guy like Rondale Moore, the second slash third string receiver with the uh, Cardinals, is going to be practicing with Colt McCoy all the time. So if anything else, I thought Rondale got a bit of a boost last week. And he did. And he did, yeah. I chose poorly. Yeah, well, let's look at what your team looked like in week one. Let's maybe see. Where you went wrong. Let's go <laughs> down this team. Okay, we're in week 11 now. We kind of yeah. have an idea for how this fantasy season's played out. Here's your team in week one. Justin Herbert, Leonard Fournette, Jonathan Taylor, Amon Ross St. Brown, Debo Samuel, Adam Thielen, TJ Hawkinson, Raheem Mostert, George Pickens. Not so bad. I have Mostert. <laughs> Pretty fucking good. You'd have Raheem Mostert there in your flex, who, I mean, not great, but Shit. solid. Yeah, you drafted Raheem Mostert. Damn. 
I think, I think, well, what I allude to is that I, I said that I thought you overtraded, but I think something that you and maybe other fantasy managers need to do is trust the process. Okay. You put a lot of weight to the draft. You've been doing this a long time. Fantasy baseball, fantasy sports in general, you've been doing a long time. Sometimes you've just got to trust the process and maybe see what you've got. If you left this team alone and you were looking at this exact roster right now in week 11, you'd be like, yeah, I got a fucking, I got a fucking shot here. Yeah. Four nets value a little bit down. Jonathan Taylor, finally healthy. Your wide receiver trio would be Amon Ra. Awesome wide receiver one. Debo on the down right now, but on a very prolific offense. Think of it like the Chiefs. Like Debo's going to have spike weeks. There's no way around it. There's just so many pieces. People are not going to be able to cover Debo every week. So Debo's going to have some spike weeks. He's going to have some down weeks, but you could do worse as your wide receiver too. And then Adam Thielen as your wide receiver three. Pretty solid, safe, like eight-point floor, 20-point ceiling. Not so bad. TJ Hawkinson, you drafted him with the Lions, now traded to the to the Vikings. Yes, please. And your flex could have been a very solid, high upside Raheem Mostert. You, my friend, had you just left well enough alone, would have a pretty solid, well-rounded competitive team right now. Had you just kind of stayed the course. Yeah. And I think you overtraded and just watered down your team so much that you've basically shot yourself in the foot. Yeah, no, I did. My trades weren't weren't the greatest. I mean, what can I say? <laughs> One of those years. Yeah. Um, One of those I don't know, maybe uh, I was having a baseball hangover where I had to trade uh-huh. so much because I was in last place there at the hop for baseball. And I think, what, four weeks in, I was already 50. 50 games behind or something like that. And I was, I had to make the trades all season long just to yep. keep afloat. Maybe I'm in like just that trade zone in my brain. I just had to keep, keep it going. Well, I think baseball is uh, a little different. I think you made excellent trades in the baseball pool. I think your I issue in the baseball that. pool was that you were just too far behind when you started yeah. making those trades, you wanted to compete. Of course, who wants to accept the fact that they're rebuilding? Got to take a year off. It fucking sucks. So you're like, fuck this. I'm going for it. You went all in, you made some big trades, some real good trades for your team. But then you just realized that despite the fact that you had built a very good team, you were just too far back. You couldn't make up the ground that you had already lost. Like if you started that process in like week two or week three, awesome. But I think you started in like week eight, week nine. No, no, no. I think it was like week four or five. Earlier than that. Yeah, my, right. my first trades were, week, but then my like the small ones are like week four, week five. Then right. my bigger ones were later on. Yeah, right. But you were after suffering so many devastating losses. You were so many yeah. games back, despite the fact that I admire the shit out of that. I just don't think you could have made. You would have had to been winning weeks like thirteen nothing, just smashing, and your team was good at that point, but not that good. But I think this one, I think with this year in particular in TBLC, I think. You just maybe needed to trust the process a little more. Yeah. Your team was pretty solid. Not the best year. Obviously, Taylor had a real shit start. He spent most of the year injured. But, you know, I just think, like I said, I just think you kind of panicked a little bit early. You took that first loss to Gary. You put up 135 points, which, okay. As the season's gone on, 135 points would have been good to get you a lot of wins. I think, like, you're like me. You're a bit of an emotional manager. You see that first loss, you're like, oh, fuck. Here we go again. 
trade, 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 trade. And then before you know it, you're like, fuck, what have I done? Have I done? Exactly. Right? And by that point, it's too late. Too late. So, I think if you had this week one roster now in week 11, we would be singing a much different tune about your team. Probably, yeah. So it just kind of is what it is. So maybe going forward, maybe just kind of like, maybe email NFL.com. Be like, hey, NFL.com, emotional manager writing you here. Could you please remove all trade functions from my team for the first, say, six weeks of the season? (laughs) (laughs) So then when I inevitably am three and three or four and two, I can be like, oh, hey, look, I got a pretty good fucking team here. (laughs) So, yeah, now you've got two running backs on the same team that, I mean, you got to start them. I have no choice yet. (laughs) Buck, and much like Aaron said, Jamal or DeAndre Swift is they're almost they're almost afraid to put him out there. There was one play in particular when he got a goal line carry. I thought he is 100 percent getting in. And the second he saw dudes collapsing in him, he just clenched up, tensed up, was like, I'm gonna get fucked. You know, I think he's in his head. I think uh, he's in the head of the Lions coaching staff. I think Dan Campbell's kind of afraid to put him out there with any uh, significant uh, workload because he's just going to get fucking hurt again. I think Swift is an incredible talent, but I'm not sure he's durable enough for a uh, long NFL career. I don't know how long he's going to be around. I think Williams is going to be fine for you, but at the end of the day, the problem with the uh, Williams-Swift stack is that the Lions suck. And they are in way too many negative game scripts. Like Jamal Williams is going to have value when Amon Ross St. Brown gets tackled at the one, you know, because they are going to throw the ball a lot. So, I mean, Brandon Cooks has basically quit the Texans. Yeah. Curtis Samuel looked good with Carson Wentz. Not so good with Heineke. Heineke loves him some Terry McLaurin. Loves him. Yeah. So Samuel's basically did. Um, Ayuk, yeah, I I agree with everything you said about Ayuk, and he showed even this past week he got way more high profile targets than Debo Samuel. But that's just he one was, piece. Uh, a couple feet away from a touchdown too. He just got dragged down at the goal line there, so yeah, a much bigger week for him as well. Yeah, uh, Hayden Hurst. I mean, tight ends a shit show this year, so you can just yeah. write that off. Uh, Rondale Moore, nice piece. I like Rondale Moore. I think he's got good rest of season value. Anxious to see how involved he is after uh, Hollywood Brown comes back. But other than that, man, this is uh, this ain't good. I, <laughs> I would love to see you have a chance to defend your title. It's not going to happen. No, no. I no. would be shocked. No, no, no. I'm not making playoffs. I'm not even sniffing the playoffs. It's not going to (laughs) happen. No. Last week was your bounce back. I mean, Steve Power put up a Steve Power week of 120 points. Yeah. You were not even Even close in the ballpark. No. No. You know, you're in rough shape when Steve Power is just blowing you out of the water. So Mm -hmm. I would say an honest assessment of your season would be to just maybe trust the process. You know, I agree trust the fact that you've been doing this a long time. You're a fantasy veteran like myself. Trust your draft. You know, sometimes things are going to happen, you know, like Taylor off to a slow start. Someone gets injured early. Like don't let these early season hiccups dictate your whole season. You know, like you said, you're like, my season was dead right out of the gate. Taylor sucked. Taylor was hurt. Like don't let that fucking shoot down your season, man. You know, like, yeah, you could tweak here and there. But if I look at, transactions, trades, sort by your team, 
It's fucking banger deal after banger deal. It's like, holy fuck, <laughs> man. Maybe just kind of let Down the dust up. settle on the draft. See what you got there. So, yeah, I agree. Tis what it is. The damage is done now. I, even if you were like, like there is the dread, the deadline's not until the 25th. You still got time. But I mean, <laughs> what are you selling here, man? Ayuk. Uh, that's about it. Right. Jamal and Williams. I, yeah, mm, I don't know, man. Uh, you're gonna have to work some real savvy deals. Um, yeah, yeah. I think your latest one, though. I think if I, it's too bad you don't still have Nick Chubb. I would quite literally write in the group chat for sale. Nick Chubb, asking price, highest offer. And just let those fucking offers roll in. So, yeah. Unfortunately, doesn't. now you just don't have one of those smash pieces. <laughs> I mean, that's not to say there's not a deal to be done here, but I don't see the smash pieces that you can no. get a real big return for. So this appears to be a lost season. But yep, uh, league enjoy your LOL bye weeks against me. <laughs> Another scheduled loss, if you will. Scheduled loss, yeah. That's right. Uh, Are you bored as fuck? Is the wife nagging you? We haven't done shit since COVID. Ugh, can't we just go somewhere? Well, HeaveAway has a solution for you. Our professional travel agents will help you plan and customize your perfect vacation. All-inclusive resorts, river and ocean cruises? You bet your ass we do it all. So I gotta ask you, do you have a dream or a wish? You better call Bish. Visit us at HeaveAway.com. All right, next matchup. Real Slim Brady destroyed Shogun Master by score of 139 to 109. Davins, 139, highlighted by Justin Fields. Oh, my God. 42 fucking points. Wow. Wow. Antonio Gibson, 15. Hold on. Let me go back to Fields. What the fuck is going on? Where did (laughs) this come from? Where did it come from? I know. Just out of nowhere. Just exploded overnight. It just seems like... Something just clicked. He just finally got it. It's unlocked, whatever it is, and he's just going full beast mode, man. It happened against the Patriots of all teams. I mean, I I don't fucking know. And the irony is that he hasn't had more in this run of 30-plus games. He hasn't had more than 179 passing yards. It's just all on the ground. Mm -hmm. 88, 82, 60, 178, 178. And 147. Somebody was saying, I don't know the full story on him. Somebody was saying they got a hold of like the Ravens playbook, or they kind of like, I don't know if they fired one of their coaching staff. Someone came in and said, Look, this ain't working. We need a new playbook for Fields. We like, I think the Bears are more of a conventional football team, right? They've had guys like Jay Cutler, like smoking darts and just throwing passes everywhere. Like, They've been more of a conventional offense. The Ravens were kind of hesitant to adapt to Lamar's play style. And I think the bears were the same with fields. And they were like, you know what? We just got to fucking cut the brake lines, take off the fucking training wheels and let this kid go. And Oh my God. I mean, some of the touchdowns he's getting, they're incredible to watch. Like it's, it's not even it's fucking amazing. human, man. It's making Lamar's MVP season. Look like a joke. Well, Fields is sixth in the league in rushing. Okay. Sixth wow. overall with all the running backs. 
Amazing. Wow. I, I can't even, my brain cannot process this. Justin Fields is going to 100% be a league winner this year. And dude started the season with 18, respectable, 7.8, 2 .9, 10 .16, 17.02, like very average to mediocre games. Like he was fucking dead until they were like, you know what, kid, just fucking do whatever you want. And it's resulted in. 21.36, 30.04, then 48.72, 42.38. Dude scored over 90 Incredible. fantasy points. Amazing. My God. Yep. And it's matchup proof. He's done this against Dallas and New England on the road in both those buildings yeah. against very tough defenses, man. So shout out to Davin, who had the wherewithal to pick up Justin Fields. Davin was playing QB roulette. He had Brady dropped him. Like Davin's been in rough shape in terms of quarterback, but now he absolutely has his answer with Justin Fields. Uh, let's see. Tyler Lockett, 13. Deontay Johnson, 10. Michael Pittman, 11. Cole Komet, uh, huge beneficiary of the Fields breakout. He's got four touchdowns in the past two games. I never in my life thought I would say that the Justin Fields Cole commit stack is a thing. Here we are. Apparently I've been shitting on Davis team a lot, but this team is certainly rounding the form. That fields pickup is huge for his team. Huge. You put a healthy Joe Mixon. Fuck. Is he going to find a way to start Cole commit and Mark Andrews? Michael Carter wow. might have rest of season value. Uh, Cordero Patterson is going to come around like, Father Lockett, Deontay Johnson, Michael Pittman. This team, man, this fucking team. Not bad. It's a sleeper. It's a sleeper, yep. Hollywood Brown coming back. I don't know, man. He's been a little lucky to get where he's been at with seven threes, but he's had a couple of matchups where he would have only beat one or two teams on any given week. This team, like I said, a bit of a sleeper. This is, I don't know if this team I want to see in the playoffs. So shout out to Devin for kind of trusting the process. Trusting the process, yeah. Uh, someone else who's trusted the process who has not gone so well in the past couple of weeks is one Mr. Shogun Master, Spencer, who up until the past two weeks had five wins in a row. Spencer is 109, highlighted by uh, Russell Wilson, 13. Deontay Foreman, wow, still going, 19 points. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, 20 points, wow. Austin Eckler, bit of a down week, 13 points. Uh, shout out to him having Christian Watson and his 33 points on his bench. Ouch. And Drake London, who he ironically got off waivers after somebody traded him to Joel. Joel was like, fuck this. This guy sucks. 15 points on his bench. So ironically, <laughs> I think a win could have been there. Now, granted, you would have had to have done some crazy soul searching to start Christian Watson. Dude hadn't done fuck all the last yeah, week. Drake London. Yeah. And Drake London, yeah. So that's obviously hindsight, but still. So, but again, Spencer early in the season, right? Addressed that he had an issue, made the big trade for Austin Eckler, and then just kind of said, okay, I like how things look. And he hasn't done much since. And well, up until these last two weeks, it has worked out. So I still think Spencer's in an okay position. Bit of a hole at quarterback. The fact that he's got to start Russell Wilson is obviously a cause for concern. Russell Wilson is dead. He's got a good matchup against the Raiders this week. But other than that, this man needs a quarterback. So maybe he wants Herbert. 
maybe slide to those DMs. He does have uh he does have Mike Williams. There you go. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows, man? Time will tell. There are, like I said, I think your window for making huge trades is kind of slammed shut, but you never oh, yeah. know. You never know. Build a piece. You know, you got time. You got nine days. Nine days till deadline. So <laughs> work your uh work your bishop magic. <laughs> So with the win, Dem won a second in a row to improve to seven and three. And with the loss, Spencer lost his second in a row to fall to five and five. And last matchup to go over, Labrador Colts defeated Costanza by score 131 to 107. Davin's one, or excuse me, Sean's 131. It's good enough for his fourth win in a row. Sean fucking McLean, six and four. This team was dead. Dead, dead at two and four. He made what I thought was a shitty trade, uh, trading away Derrick Henry and Mike Evans, yeah, or Jalen Waddle and the corpse of Najee Harris. And well, Najee Harris has been dead. Waddle's been great, but he said Tony Pollard emerged as the clear cut number one running back in Dallas. There's, I don't care what Jerry Jones says. Tony Pollard's a dude. Uh, he held on to Travis Etienne long enough that his value could explode, and they did the one-for-one one, uh, uh, Etienne for Kelsey. I mean, Mel Gordon. trade in his behalf there, yeah. <laughs> yep. I love that trade right from the get-go. This trade got some pieces. I'm just happy to see Sean McClain, the OG original TBLC champion. I'm just happy to see him in the mix. I'll be guaranteed a playoff spot now, six and four. You know what? Najee actually got 99 yards this this week. He's had one of his better games. It's a low-scoring 99 yards, a really shitty 99 yards, but good to see that the workload is there. Yeah. Maybe he'll be on an upswing for the rest of the season. Who knows? Maybe. Just Pittsburgh is such a bad oh, man. offense, man. Kenny Pickett sucks. Mitch Trubisky sucks. Doesn't matter who's their quarterback. This is a recipe for disaster. I can't believe Najee only has three touchdowns this year after all the fucking touchdowns he had last year. Remember that game last year? (laughs) Remember that game last year with Ben Roethlisberger when he had 20 targets? 20 Mm, targets. Yes. Mm -hmm. As a running back, man, he was peppered last year. They got to find a way, kind of like with the Bears and Justin Fields, they got to find a way to unleash him. I think Najee's super talented, but now they're talking about getting Jalen Warren, the undrafted backup, more involved going forward. Because, I mean, the season is basically a lost season for Pittsburgh. So I think they're kind of looking at it like, what the fuck do we care at this point? So in any event, it was good enough to get him win last week as Sean uh, got the easy win over Gary and improved to six and four. Gary, on the other hand, his 107 and third loss in a row highlighted by Jacoby Brissett. Wow. Why is Gary Nolan starting Jacoby Percet? Oh, Kyler was injured. Fair enough. Take it back. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. You hate to see it. 24 points. <laughs> Not to be done by Eno Benjamin. Zero. Wow. Huge game from Taylor starts Eno. Thanks for coming. See you. Enjoy your time in the Houston Texans. You're cut. Uh, but yeah, Gary just, uh, I mean, what do you say? This team is doing what Gary Nolan does best in TBLC. Well, I can't really say that because Gary's lost in the final three the last four years, but he's doing his best to make sure that does not happen this year. 
<laughs> Gary's lost his third in a row to fall to three and seven down with the four verticals all but out of it at this point. As has been proven in years past, uh, seven losses is not, fuck, even eight losses is not a recipe for not missing the playoffs, but it is alarming. Like, yes, they're technically only two points, or two points, rather, two games out of a playoff spot, but they need everything to swirl perfectly, right? Best case scenario now for those seven lost teams is a 500 season, which is a playoff spot, but that's assuming they can win out, right? Losses, wins are going to come interchangeably, right? Joel's Mm -hmm. in the same boat, you know, four and six. Not awful but again right you want to win out if he wins out he's eight and six that's his best case scenario but these Mm -hmm. wins and losses ebbs and flows right so i think i don't know i i don't know but let's try to forecast let's assume now that yourself gary and ryan miss the playoffs just based on your rosters your trajectories whatever who do you think is that fourth team and misses out on a playoff spot. If you believe that Joel's in there, then who do we think is falling out of the playoff race? That's a very good question. It is tough, right? And this is oh, ultimately this is the issue that I see with Joel Spencer. I'm a bit of a schneid at the moment, but still a pretty solid team. Team Dinner just took the loss with Cooper Cup. Maybe they can find their way out of the playoffs. Uh, I think all the other teams, I think for my team up, like, uh, one right down to six, I think those teams are basically locked in. So I'd say one of team dinner or Shogun master. I'm saying if Joel's going to make the playoffs or one of those two teams, I'm saying it's team dinner that does not make it. Yeah. I was just going to say the same thing. I agree with that team dinner would be the one. Yep. I mean, fuck. (laughs) I mean, there's certain, there's certain Daryl Henderson. Right, yeah, I know. Like he's got he's got holes there. Um well let's be I, honest. Let's break this down. I'm playing Steve Power, so take a W. Mm-hmm. Uh Team Dinner's playing you, so Fuck, take a W. Yeah. <laughs> probably give him a W. Yeah. So that's hypothetically putting myself and Team Dinner at six and five. Yeah. Shogun Master. Ooh, Shogun Master's got the Colts this week. That could be a loss. That could also go either way. Uh, yeah. Sean's team has been riding hot, but uh, not really dominating teams, just pretty solid. So Spencer might get lost, but Spencer could also have a win too. Then we've got football team uh, facing off against Devin. Devin's team has been looking better, but again, kind of um, the beneficiary of a good schedule so far. Justin's mm-hmm. team putting up a lot of points. Justin's team was one point short of the high score last week, and that's what losing two guys mid-game. So there is a scenario where this breaks completely against Joel this week. If all those five, it's unfortunate for Joel that none of the five five teams are playing this other this week because then one of them would be a guaranteed loss, right? So it is right. possible yeah. that all four of those five five teams all improve to six and five, and Joel falls to four and seven. And then it's fucking, it's basically lights out at that point. He'll be, he'll be two games back with three weeks ago. That's basically lights out. Well, time will tell, but I think Joel's got his work from, I think there are some scenarios where Joel makes playoffs, but 
But I think ultimately that the four teams currently residing outside the playoffs, I think those are the teams that ultimately do not make it in the end. All right, that's all for TBLC this week. Let's move along now to the Guillotine League. Decapitation Nation. Joining us again on the weekly fantasy roundup is none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Sean Burke, the trailblazer from year one, the man who wrote the book on how to play the guillotine league, narrowly finished second to Miss Megan Rubia. Year two, he was not as successful, but this year, Sean went on a deep run once again. But the reason I wanted to bring Sean in this week is because he was part of the legendary, historic, first time ever double elimination week in the guillotine league. Welcome back to the weekly fantasy roundup, Mr. Sean Burke. How's it going, pal? Thanks, man. Uh, it's going well. It'd be going better if, uh, you know, if I wasn't looking at uh, this from the outside in this week. <laughs> otherwise, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you're on the uh, you're on the wrong side of history, sadly. Unfortunately, but that's that's the way it goes, you know. It's uh, it, was a, it was a decent run, but pretty good run, all things considered. I tried to bring in uh, the other man who was part of uh, history this past week, 10. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it. He didn't want to pass along that he's so busy celebrating the fact that he doesn't have to deal with the anxiety of double elimination anymore <laughs> that he booked his ass straight to Florida. He was like, I'm out of here. I'm going on vacation. Seems like a reasonable response. <laughs> <laughs> right. Tell me a little bit about your season. What went down? You know, it was, it was all right, man. I mean, uh, I was feeling okay after the draft. The first few weeks were a little rough, but kind of got by. And uh, then I got to say, like the last few weeks, I was actually feeling pretty good about my team. Um, you know, once uh, once Cam kind of put in some big bids last week, I was sitting at the top of the web heap, had good position at the bottom of the standings and a good but not great team, but I was kind of okay with that. That's kind of what I wanted to aim for this year was not you know not necessarily to kind of try to hit the home run early on but kind of just build it slowly and gradually and uh so i was feeling pretty good and then the shit just all hit the fan at the same time this week <laughs> so it's the way it goes sometimes yeah you had uh it started a couple weeks ago i remember when you uh stashed damian pierce i believe you got him on the wire and stashed him or you had him his bye week came you decided to hang on to him like that was the first like key piece you got to lock into your lineup was it not yeah for sure yeah i drafted him and then i did get uh, andrews off the waiver wire who i was hoping would be another key piece and i had to stash him for a week um but then uh didn't get by his bye week this week obviously so he's back on the waiver wire that guy's cursed by the way just fyi <laughs> yeah cam went and uh blew a large chunk of his remaining web on him only to find out that he wasn't practicing today yeah well so, i think i think uh, colin will agree with me and uh, i can't even remember who was that had him before colin but uh yeah we all went down with mark andrews on our roster so <laughs> that's why i was glad i didn't get him but i made sure to make a little comment in the group chat last night just to make sure cam upped his bid ever so slightly i was like hey cam uh, i just lost that hurts for the year and i really need tight end i really want mark andrews so don't you outbid me I like it, man. The gamesmanship is uh, the gamesmanship is strong on the group chat uh, this year. I like it. I like it. <laughs> yep. I want to go over uh, your draft. Speaking of the draft, I've been analyzing the draft. You know, because as it is nineteen team league, a lot of things tend to change. But as it's played out, we're in week eleven now. 
for all intents and purposes, you had a hell of a draft for a 19-man pool. Let's run down this team. Tua, top five QB. You took him in the last round. DeAndre Hopkins, who was obviously stashed due to suspension. He's yeah. been like 18 points a week since he come back. Dalton Schultz, one of the more reliable-ish tight ends, now locked and loaded rest of season with Dak back and healthy. Then you hit on Damian Pierce. Travis Etienne took a little bit of time to come on board, but now he's a smash. Obviously got a little unlucky with Javante Williams, RIP ACL. Considering this is a, you know, a 19 team league, you hit on like over half of your draft picks, man. That is impressive as hell. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it went all right. It went all right. Uh, scrambling a little bit for receivers early on, but uh, it was nice to have a couple of solid running backs at least. And uh, yeah, I was just kind of playing on streaming quarterbacks, to be honest, but Tua ended up being all right until he went down the injury and then I had to get rid of him at that point. But uh, right. yeah, so it, it, it ended up being all right. Yeah, for sure. It's funny how that works Tua now. Like it, it's always the case. I recall back a few years ago, when Lamar Jackson took that leap into fantasy superstardom. And in my TBLC league, he was the last overall pick. My buddy Steve Power took him last pick, last round, and his fucking MVP season. You know, it's funny how that works, right? Like, you took two at 169th. And wow, you know, he's been 30-plus a week, man. Yeah, he's been he's been solid. I, I wish, uh, you know, honestly, if, if I didn't have to let him go after the injuries early on, you know, I'm, I might have been uh, I might have been able to save myself uh, this week and go a little deeper. But, you know, then, then's the breaks. Yeah, such is the nature of the beast. I mean, these teams evolve so quickly. Like I look at my own team. The only member of my team that I still have from my draft is Austin Eckler. My first round pick. Other than that, it's been complete turnover it's like working at mcdonald's just in one door and out the other just thanks for coming to see you it's it's fun man but it's it's insanity and i love it it's what makes this league so fun is everything moves so fast and you just you gotta keep on top of shit it's uh it's great it's what makes it exciting yep i mean myself and bishop were talking about last week just how many more layers can be added to this pool like this pool started out as kind of like a Hey, I want to do something else for fantasy. Let me, let me bring on one more league. And at first, like nobody really knew what they were doing. Everyone was kind of iffy on it. I got eliminated early. So I, I didn't even get to experience it, you know, but now we're in year three and like so many storylines and strategies are starting to evolve. It's just such a beautiful pool, man. It's awesome, man. I was, I was telling uh, Aaron, your brother, Aaron, uh, in the office this week, you know, like, I'm I'm just bummed that I can't play every week. I don't I don't even care about thirty bucks or whatever uh, the yeah. buy-in was. I'm just bummed that I can't play every week. I'm like, damn. So yeah, but uh, you got to be happy. Yeah. Like all things considered, in a pool of this nature, where where things happen so quick and every week could be your last, you got to be pretty happy overall, finishing tenth out of nineteen teams. Yeah, certainly, man. It was is improvement over last year. I feel like I made some mistakes last year and and kind of you know, refine the strategy of this time around. So it was good to at least uh, redeem myself a little bit after that, uh, after that showing last year. So I, I can't complain too much. Right. And, and I think that objectively, I think you did pretty well. I, I think really you got a little unlucky this week. It's worth noting that Chris Olave, my share of the week this week had his lowest score of the season. Uh, Greg Dolchich, since he became fantasy relevant, he had his lowest score of the season. Uh, then you had Juju, who was knocked out of the game with a concussion with these new revamped concussion protocols. 
Herbert. Now Herbert wasn't in a great matchup, but still, fifteen points for Herbert is nothing. Yep. So especially, awesome. especially when they had the opening drive touchdown. Yeah, definitely. I said, "Holy shit!" That bomb to DeAndre Carter was like, "What is going on?" This is the 49ers defense, <laughs> and they basically shut him down after that. Yeah, unfortunately, I got a little too excited after that. But uh, yeah, that, that one was my own doing, though. I knew that was that was going to be a little sketchy. But uh, I was trying to keep him around because he's got a very favorable schedule the next few weeks, and I figured he'd be getting one or both of his top receivers back. So, but that yeah. that, that one ended up biting me for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, I mean, I think really it just comes down to the Juju injury. Juju has been mashing. You know, he's been like a video game the past few weeks leading up to this injury. So you got a little yep. unlucky from that regard. That's at least 15 points that was left out there. You put those 15 points on your team, you know, we're not interviewing this week, you this week. So, yeah, fair enough. Well, you know, it's uh, all it takes is one week like that in this league, unfortunately. And, and uh, you know, you're, you're up in flames. So yeah. it's the way it goes, man. But again, that's, that's part of what makes it so fun. So, uh, you know, I can't complain too much. <laughs> yeah the the looming double elimination man i want i want to talk to you about double elimination because i've been hyping it all season with yep. the, the audio clips from adam and then making the guy in the hot seat wait all morning you know just because and knowing full well that i know whether or not it's the week i'm just like yeah screw it sit on it for four hours and let you think about it so how does it feel now that it's coming on how does it feel to be a part of historic week 10 double elimination it was uh it was intense man i mean it was uh this was one of the few weeks where there was a pretty like clear-cut bottom two so i was kind of yeah it was uh i mean once i kind of hit the bottom score obviously it was kind of kind of you know the writing was on the wall anyway but uh um i mean yeah i was definitely sweating it out uh, throughout the weekend though hoping that i could kind of climb back into the race somehow with you know big performance from uh from herbert or something but uh, yeah, man, it's it it definitely introduced another element of risk reward and uh, like uh, Aaron Bishop, I think you mentioned this week on the group chat. Even you know, you grab Lamar and stash him, which was an awesome move, by the way. That was a brilliant yeah. move, beautiful Thank move. You. Thank you. <laughs> props, props to you on that, man. And, but then you were <laughs> you were very quickly like, wait, am I safe? <laughs> so like things change so fast, so and, fast. Uh, you know, he said like you like you touched on. He said, I'm going to grab and stash Samara, but I could be signing my own death warrant in the same <laughs> motion. Right? Like, it's yeah. crazy. So it is crazy. Like, it, it, it definitely, when you're trying to stash players and stuff, it adds a whole other level of, like, like just stress and like, yeah. like, should I really be doing this kind of thing? <laughs> right. to it? So, you made yeah. a couple, you made a stash a couple of weeks ago when you strategically picked up the Dallas defense, when you knew that you had survived the week, you then uh, picked up Dallas for the following week. I said, this is next level. It's one thing to pick up a player. Like I picked up uh, T Higgins last week, which I thought was a nice pickup, but to, to pick up a defense ahead of time, that's fucking next level. Well, it's uh, it turned out the, the the corpse of Aaron Rodgers was revived, and uh, unfortunately, <laughs> that didn't turn out so well for me. But uh, I thought it was all right at the at the time, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, I don't know, man. Yeah, the double elimination it definitely uh, there's a lot less room for error when you're when you're yep. dealing with that. And oh so yeah, oh yeah. All all year, you know, it was just um, 
yeah, it was, you're kind of really walking the knife edge and trying to figure out, you know, what moves you can make, how much risk you're willing to take. Um, It makes it so much more difficult when it's not just that one bottom spot, but potentially two. So, well, even for myself, even in this week past, I felt like I was 98% safe and said, okay, I'm just going to stash Jalen on Monday night. Don't need the points. And I looked at it and said, now, wait a second. If Antonio Gibson gets like 31 and a half points, there is a chance that if I don't start Jalen, like I could finish second last and then I could be on the block, you know? And I said, like, I don't think it's likely that Antonio Gibson gets 31 or 32 points, but if I put myself in that position, Oh yeah, man, I'd hate for all the work I've done this season to be just down in flames because I decided that I didn't want those 25 points against me, you know, for my points scored. So what a mind fuck the double elimination is, man. Totally. I love it. The, the, the idea was great right from the, right from the get go. And uh, it was cool the way it kind of materialized and kind of having it be a random week. Um, yeah. You know, I, yeah, I, I was I was thinking in the beginning almost that it might be better to kind of have it a fixed week, which I think is what you initially had proposed. And uh, but once we got going, I was like, no, nah, I see, uh, you know, I definitely see the merits of doing it this way. And it's right. It's, uh, definitely adds, uh, yeah, a whole other dimension to it. So I think it, it ended up being pretty good. A lot of league changing uh, trades happened because of the fear of the double. I myself, probably oh man, oh, yeah. <laughs> if I didn't have that fear of being eliminated that one week, you know, so that's part of the reason that my team is as strong as it is, just not necessarily even because a team was like at the bottom, just because there was a threat of being the second last team that created so many more season saving panic trades this year man it just like i said you bring in one little element and it just these layers just evolve as a result you know man i traded change your hurts and then what a few weeks later i got lamar for free so right well exactly bishop you are the perfect (laughs) reason i've brought this up several times but you are the perfect reason why nobody should ever die on the sword i just talked to justin tonight actually he was saying, I hate that you're in a position to possibly win this pool. I said, hey, man, it is what it is. And he said, that could have been me if I wasn't so stubborn, if I just could have traded Jacobs for a kicker to save my season. Mm-hmm. I said, look at Bishop. Look at fucking Bishop, man. He sold me Jalen Hurts and Justin Jefferson, two top five fantasy players this year for pennies on the fucking dollar. And you survived. And now a couple weeks later, you're fucking picking up Lamar Jackson for free. You've got Jalen Waddle. You've got Devontae Adams. You've got a fucking team. You know, you don't have a top team with eight left, but you're in the mix. I'm in you the know? mix. That's and for that ask. reason, and that reason alone is, is reason to never die on your sword. Make the crazy trade. Trade Mike Evans for Brandon McManus. Trade Cortland Sutton for Amon Ross St. Brown. Trade Justin Jefferson for Nick Folk. Who cares? Save your season by yep. any means necessary. Wild man, what a season! What a season! <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's definitely been. This is the most chaotic one yet, and uh, yeah, yeah, man, I, I love it. It's great. <laughs> I I want to say though, I will say objectively that I think that part of the chaos element of the uh, surprise double elimination week was Adam, and what a kick-ass job he did with that role, man. I want to shout out Adam Abbott. My God, man, he brought that up. Yep, slow clap for sure. I brought that up to him. Or actually, he messaged me and he said, hey, man, I know the thing with Joel's gone down. I've been out since week one. Why don't I take over? 
and we can kind of make a thing of it. I said, ah, yeah, okay. I was going to let Sadie like pick a number out of a hat, but this works too. And as it evolved and Adam got more and more into it, man, it became a thing with the audio, you know, the sound bites. I said, man, this is unbelievable. You know, even his big reveal when he took off his work helmet and he had the number 10 in his helmet. I said, man, this is fucking great. So shout out to Adam Abbott, who just added that more, that much more suspense to double elimination all year. Well Great done, job, man. Great job. Well, readily concurred. Absolutely, man. Yep. Yep. So I thought about for next year, bringing in 20, a 20th team and having two scheduled double elimination weeks, but I'm not sure. I really enjoy triple <laughs> or well. Yeah. But I uh, just, <laughs> if it's scheduled double elimination, it's not going to have that same, you know, the, um, the trades okay. might not be as chaotic. Like I really like that added element of suspense. So I, I yep. think I can bring in 20 teams and have two double elimination weeks, but I, I don't think I can schedule it just because the trades have been madness. The suspense has been madness that four hours every Tuesday morning, man, that was the most fun time of my week. <laughs> just watching people sweat it out in the group chat. Oh, so much fun. Sure, Sean, you were in that hot seat a couple of times. You you know how it feels. Yeah, yeah, man. It's not uh, it's not fun, but it is fun. It's fun for yep. everyone else. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, it's my turn. It's my turn to just have an uncomfortable morning at work. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought about dragging him on longer, to be honest, but the reality is that uh, with waiver claims and you know life commitments yeah. and whatnot, there's only so much time you can drag it out. But that morning, right after you get up in the the dust of all your other league matchups have set in. Like you got that one uncomfortable morning. So <laughs> I thought that was a nice touch as well, but that's it. it's no more now because dumb elimination has come and gone. So, yeah. And congrats to you, both of you guys for Thank you. Uh, making, Thank it, you. Uh, making it past that, uh, that milestone too. That's uh, yeah. yeah. Job well done fellas. Thank you. I know uh, my, my co-host here, Mr. Bishop has been here before, but this is a uh, uncharted waters for me. So I'm, I'm enjoying every minute of this. <laughs> Usually I'm the commissioner on the sideline, like critiquing people's moves while being eliminated two months ago and really not knowing what I'm talking about. But this year I'm right in the mix. So. Hey man, you're crushing it this year. Strategic trades, yep. you know, yep. you're at the top of the web heap right now. You got a good looking yep. team. So. Yeah. Uh, well, I had a, I had mixed feelings this morning when I, or excuse me, yesterday morning when I woke up and saw that I didn't get Mark Andrews because after losing Zach Ertz for the season, I had an obvious hole that needed to be plugged. But then I checked the waiver budget totals that said, hold, hold on now. I am at the top of the mountain. Like this is exactly where I want it to be. Like for all intents and purposes. Now I control my own destiny. On one hand, I think it's almost a good thing for the rest of us because your team is so fucking strong right now. Who the fuck are you going to replace anybody with? You don't need to replace anybody, really. Nope, you're right, so but I do. Your, your waiver I, dollars are just new point. Uh, you say <laughs> that. You say that. I got a couple of tricks up the sleeve. I've been kind of, <laughs> kind of thinking outside the box all season. And I plan on employing that over the next few weeks. But the reality is that at this point, the pool with eight teams like, yeah, my team is strong. It's not the strongest team, but it's strong. But I mean, the reality is that Jalen hurts can go out there in the opening drive and get a concussion. You know, he's a mobile quarterback. Those guys get hit. If he goes out and takes a concussion, the NFL is going to take him out right away. If I get three points out of my quarterback, I don't care how good my team is. It's Sayonara, you know, but there are things I can do with the web advantage that I can uh, hinder other teams with. You'll see. 
Don't don't you worry, friend. You'll see. I'm oh, I'm, I'm gonna put that thirty three bucks to good use. <laughs> I bet. I assure you that. I'm looking forward to seeing this. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, I it started today or it started yesterday rather when the uh, oh sorry that was this morning the waiver claims. Um, I managed to play keep away from a couple of managers again. I strategically bet. Let's look at the uh, the acquisition of Cam picking up Mark Andrews. For my bid of $7, I specifically targeted a handful of managers. I knew that the guys with zero obviously couldn't get them. But Sean McClain, I believe, or maybe it was Chad, had $7, hide and Zeke. So I said, okay, this $7 bid, based on my points total, I'm guaranteed to outbid this many guys. So I said, if I get Mark Andrews for seven, awesome. If I lose him to Cam, great, because Cam has outbid me and will subsequently bring his total down lower than mine. So I, I just put myself in a position where if I wake up with Mark Andrews, awesome. And if I don't, well, that means Cam outbid me. Ironically, Bishop, you tried to empty the old clip on him. Shout out. I did. <laughs> At this point, you're like, fuck it, I'm playing with house money. You're like $12. You just spent $12 on a bunch of guys. Got one. I think you got Damian Pierce for 12 bucks. I think Pierce, yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's it. You're like, $0. I'm good. Yeah, I was actually pretty impressed. I uh, obviously Dalton Schultz is not Mark Andrews, but Dalton Schultz for a dollar is a hell of a pickup. I think uh, the one yeah. thing I was disappointed about, I want to shout out my boy, Sean McClain for picking up Travis ETN for two bucks. I really, really thought I was getting him for a dollar. I was shocked to wake up and see the Sean had outbid me by a dollar said, son of a bitch. Anyway. Yeah, that was a nice pickup. I, I was looking at that this morning and thinking, oh man, yeah, if he gets if he gets past uh, the bye week this week, that's uh, that's going to be huge. Yeah, I think. Well, I think objectively, I like my team, but if I were to rank the teams, I would say my team is third behind either Sean McLean, who's Ursaiding so, or Hide and Zeke. Chad's team, man, Hide and Zeke is one of the greatest teams I've ever seen. Oh my god, and he's just casually got Kenneth Walker. In his stash. Like, who does he even drop for Kenneth Walker? Fuck if I know. But he gets to keep him away from us as long as possible. So shout out to that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty a hell of a team. Yep. A couple of real good teams. So this is, uh, like I said, this is uncharted waters for me. I just need to strategically use my waiver budget. And basically, uh, I'm just waiting for Travis Kelsey to hit the wire. I can bid as much as possible, locking Travis Kelsey. So I don't have a donut at tight end every week. God, but these injuries this week, man, as if tight end wasn't enough of a whack-a-mole this year, we just lost Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz for the rest of the year. I mean, come on, NFL. It's brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. So yeah, that just really makes guys to... that just makes yeah. guys like Travis Kelsey that much more valuable. Yeah, because exactly. the reality is that as this pool evolves, a lot of teams are going to be getting like seven, eight, maybe 10 from the tight end position. But whoever is Travis Kelsey is looking at 22 plus every single week. And those 10 to 12 points on average more are going to be the reason why someone's on the sidelines and someone's still in. Yeah, Travis yeah, Kelsey will be on my team soon enough. If I can just <laughs> get Spencer out of there. Don't worry, Spence. I'm coming for you. <laughs> so, Sean, who do you think's been playing the best who do you think who do you think's been doing the best job as a manager in his league so far this year? Well, so I um 
I mean, I, I really liked where Cam was at. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, he had like just an insane waiver budget left. And although his team was kind of middle of the pack in terms of like on paper, um, I really thought like if he could survive a couple of those tough bye week situations that he could just basically steamroll everyone uh, yeah. if he got through those. But he didn't quite get through those unscathed. Um, so I think he still has a really good team and I'd, I'd say he's probably, um, you know, he, he would get certainly one of my votes for having played it the best all year long, I think still, but, uh, he's a little less, uh, you know, a little less of a favorite now, in my opinion, with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a much lower web stack. So, well, I've had this conversation with Aaron, actually, I think what did came in. Okay. Cam's been at the top of the points for all season long, but that one mm-hmm. week, that one week where Cam was in the hot seat, where it came down to that last drive at Kenyon Drake, Cam, like all the sweat and emojis, Cam woke up next morning and said, I'm not fucking going through this again and spent up to get Barkley back, <laughs> you know, and just spin, 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 spin. And in the span of two weeks, Cam's gone from $91 and a dominant budget to 27 and basically middle of the pack. He's just, just a couple bucks behind me. Still very effective budget, but not nearly not nearly the stranglehold he had just a couple of weeks ago. And again, it's all because of the threat of double elimination week. You know, it's a fucking gorgeous thing, man. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, he still has a pretty good team with Barkley, Mahomes, Andrews, if he can, you know, kind of bounce back from this injury situation that he's got mm-hmm. going on is obviously, you know, stud when he's healthy. So he's still got some good pieces and second most waiver dollars. So I'd say he's in a decent spot, but uh yeah, probably. So I would, I would vote for probably either him or honestly, uh, yourself, Aaron, or, uh, sorry, Andrew, <laughs> uh, not you, uh, um, you. <laughs> with the strategic trades. Sorry. I meant Aaron uh, Skinner, but, uh, <laughs> my bad. Sorry. Oh, yes. uh, but, uh, yeah, some great strategic trades. I mean, honestly, Thank you. both of you guys you. have played really well so far and Aaron, yeah. you get a lot of credit too, for, like you said, I mean, a couple of people kind of died in the sword, but you were yep. kind of willing to make the tough moves they had to make to stay alive. And hey, man, like you're still in it and you're in a really strong yep. position as well. So I think yep. both of you guys have, have played well. Um, Thank you. Thank also, you. and uh, yeah, so th- those are probably be my votes. Yeah. Well, I think for myself, I've never, I've been at the bottom even one time, which has been, I mean, shocking basically. So I've been kind of opportunistic taking advantage of teams. I've been living in people's DMs, man. I managed to snake away. I'm St. Brown from Mike for the corpse of Cortland Sutton, just because <laughs> yeah. going into the Sunday nighter, he was like, holy fuck, holy fuck. What do I do? And I was like, I got you fam. Boom. I'm St. Brown. <laughs> Welcome to the team. Boom. Just like that. Bishop. Fuck. Oh my God. He's like, what do I do? I'm screwed. So I was actually initially offering him. I was offering him Monty and Nick folk. Yeah, or Hertz and Jefferson, which is just I would have taken too if I had to, but he right? was nice enough to. I was like, I messaged him and I Waddle. said, What about Waddle? He goes, If you make Monty Waddle, he said, I'll insta accept. And I was like, Fuck Yeah, let's go. Yeah, because I was playing QB roulette basically from week one. I drafted fucking Trey Lance. Trey Lance was supposed to be his coming out party. And I was like, Oh shit, now I have no QB. I was like, Jameis Winston. Fuck Aaron Rodgers. Like I was playing QB roulette. I saw Jalen hurts. I was like, yes, please. 
So I think from my perspective, I've been able to take advantage of a lot of uh, managers who were towards bottom and had the uh, threat of double elimination looming. But Bishop, on the other hand, was on the bad side of one of those deals with me, but has since just fucking beautifully managed his team. You would think a team like his who had to sell the firm just to stay alive would be hurting, but man, like your team's fucking awesome, dude. You know, Lamar, yeah. Devontae, Waddle, Waddle currently in the stash that could be dicey with eight teams left. Uh, Damian Pierce, you picked up from our boy Sean here. You know, Amari Cooper, I mean, this is a pretty sexy looking team. All things you know, what there's only one running back in Arizona right now, and his name is James Connor. Even in that deal, uh, you know, the the Hertz deal, I mean, just that that key part of getting Waddle thrown in there instead of uh, instead of money was, I mean. Waddle's been huge this year, so uh, and especially since we made that trade, so you know that's a great move in and of itself. Honestly, Uh, you kind of made the best of that situation. Yeah, like it's obviously. I mean, we're not going to argue the merits of Nick Folk and Jalen Waddle for Justin Jefferson and Jalen Hurts, but it was a panic trade to save your year that was giving you a piece. I mean, early in the season, we saw Mike Evans getting traded straight up for Brandon McManus. I mean, that's just criminal. You know, yeah. so at least in your case, with your panic, save my season trade, at least you got a top 10 receiver back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and now look at your team, man. Like, like, you know, you'd, you'd admit that you don't have one of the top eight, uh, you know, you don't have one of the top teams, but you're certainly in the mix. And if anything were to happen, you know, a couple of weeks go on, a couple more teams hit the wire, man, a couple of pickups, you could be right in the top mix. So anything yeah. can happen at this point, honestly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So all because you were willing to make that one trade that crushed your fantasy soul, but saved your fantasy life. So exactly. Yeah. By any means necessary. So well done. Yeah. Well done all around. I, I agree. It's been a, it's been a very interesting season. You know, it's uh, I don't know. I, I felt bad for Abbott at first. He was like, yeah, sure. I'll try it. A guillotine league. What's the worst that can happen? You know, Megan went down early, which was a bit of a shocker. Uh, Steve Power did what Steve Power does best going down the first two weeks. I mean, it's like a soap opera, man. Just new narratives just evolving all the time. So, but as we mentioned a moment ago, as a result of double elimination, we are suddenly down to eight teams from 10. So I want you to now give us your prediction. As you know, on the show, Bishop and I make a prediction for a team to go down every week. So maybe give us your opinion on who you think is going to get decapitated. All right. So I was taking a look at some of these teams here. And, uh, you know, to be honest, I looked at it yesterday and I thought for sure my pick was going to be uh, was going to be Mike. And uh, I got to say, Mike rallied pretty, pretty nicely. He was looking looking like he was in a pretty tough spot, but he uh, he pretty rallied pretty nicely on the waiver wire. Um, made a couple of nice pickups and even Russell Wilson, who's been having an off season. Playing Vegas, we put up I think over thirty points against last time he played yep. them. His so. only good game this year has been against Vegas. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So I thought that was going to be my pick, but I'm probably right now going to have to go with Spencer. I think maybe a few too many question marks there. Allen Robinson, Christian Watson. You know, who knows if he's going to be able to replicate uh, what he did last week. Mike Williams, you know, not really sure if he's going to play even. Miles Sanders has been a little up and down, uh, trying to eat the Leonard Fournette by. So just a lot of question marks there. So that's probably the the team I'd uh, I'd, I'd feel has the, the best chance of, uh, of getting eliminated this week, I'd have to say. I think that's I a pretty sound logic, to be honest. Yeah. 
That was a team uh, I would have been too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow had a good game in his first game of the season against Pittsburgh. Uh, but now there's no Jamar Chase. Maybe it's more of a Joe Mixon game, like we saw a couple of weeks ago prior to the bye. Like you said about Allen Robinson, yes, he's in a situation where he can benefit from the Cooper Cup injury. But is Robinson the guy that's going to replace him? Who knows? It's a it's a bit of a question mark. Robinson, yeah, he might he might get you twenty points, <laughs> but he might have two catches for fourteen yards too. Uh, Christian Watson, I respect the hell out of him chasing those points. Spencer is a Packers fan, so I get it. But that could easily lead to disappointment. I can think about so many times over the years I've grabbed guys off the wire. Scotty Miller of the Bucks comes to mind. I'm like, oh, I'm going to chase those points. Put him in lineup next week. Fucking goose egg. I don't think Watson's going to have a goose egg, but I don't think it's going to be three touchdowns on four receptions either. So I think Watson comes down to earth. Uh, Aaron Jones, not really sure. Tennessee's had a fairly solid run defense. Aaron Jones is going to need to be involved in the passing game in order to have uh, fantasy relevance this week. Miles Sanders has been more consistent this season, but it's still Miles Sanders. Uh, Travis Kelsey, we love. Uh, Mike Williams, excellent point. Even if Mike Williams plays this week, I cannot imagine He's going to go from uh, being out multiple weeks to a full workload. I don't believe that for a second. So I think Spencer's team is an excellent pick for someone to go down this week. What say you, Mr. Bishop? I agree 100%. Yeah, I honestly, we're at the point of the season where I'm not sure our picks are going to differentiate a whole lot, but I would like to nominate someone else for potential decapitation this week. I think now, again, this is just, you know, we've got eight teams left and they're all really strong at this point, but I think our friend Sean McLean has got himself in a bit of trouble this week. Sean, as we know, with Justin Herbert, you know, yourself not having a great season, Kansas city, not a great defense, but Herbert has yet to reach that elite level that he's shown season past. Hopkins will be fine. though may struggle against a very solid uh, 49ers secondary. A.J. Brown's going to be fine. Derrick Henry's going to be fine. McCaffrey going to be fine. I'm more so questioning George Kittle and Chris Olave. Chris Olave had a bad match last week. Andy Dalton blows. Uh, and George Kittle is just not the George Kittle of old. He's out there. He's a threat, but he's not as involved. Bringing Christian McCaffrey in has really hurt his value. So, And it's also noteworthy that Sean is currently eating Tua and Etienne on a buy. So Sean gets in a position where he's got to drop those guys. In theory, he's going to be picking up the eighth best defense of the week, which may or may not lead to a plus matchup. Of course, that could also be like a Sunday night pickup. Cause I can't imagine Sean's going to pick up someone right away. He's going to be real hesitant about dropping Tua and ETN. So I'd like to nominate Mr. McLean as potential for team to go down which would be let me tell you hell of a shake up can you imagine let me tell you my budget's taking a hit if this team goes down next week my god look at that team yeah he's yeah. got uh, he's got one of the better teams if not the best team on yeah. paper for sure but uh this deep eight teams left uh yeah. stashing two players is a, a dicey proposition so it's uh yeah that's fair 
Yeah. I think at this point, not to show too much my poker hand, but I think at this point, if I'm going to be stashing anyone, it's going to be similar to last week where I was in a position where I was safe and mid game, I was able to pick up free agent T Higgins on a buy. You know, I don't think I'm going to have the confidence going into the games to stashing someone off the bat. It's only if I have a couple of big explosion games where the points are high. Like I Jefferson with 36 points said, okay, I know I'm going to be safe. Dropped my kicker, picked up T Higgins, threw him in the stash because I knew I was going to be safe. I don't think with eight teams left that what Sean is doing, stashing two guys, I, I don't advise that. So I think we're going to see both two and ETN back on the wire at some point over the weekend. What time will tell. But I do think you guys are I do think you guys are bang on picking Spencer's team to go down because again, he's made it this far. He's obviously done very well, but the reality is that with eight teams left, somebody's gonna have an uglier team and somebody's matchups are going to be not as good as other matchups. And I think Spencer's in that position this week. So yeah. So anyway, that basically that basically wraps it up. Anything else you wanna chime in? Bishop, any more questions for Sean before we let him go? Yeah, what do you think was your downfall this year? What's the one mistake you made that you would change? Ooh, I uh, it's a good question. I mean, I definitely shouldn't have started Herbert uh, th- this past week. Um, so yeah, I probably would have uh, if I could do that over again. I probably wouldn't have. Uh, you know, I probably would have picked up Gino or someone. But in the end, because it was double elimination, it didn't. Uh, it didn't really end up mattering. Um, if no. that had been single elimination, it would have. But, uh, yeah, the double elimination kind of saved me from uh, kicking myself too much on that. But uh, overall, I thought the strategy was okay. But, yeah, that was definitely the riskiest move I made all year, and it, it could have uh, backfired pretty badly. <laughs> I would think that one of your riskier moves was starting Andy Dalton in week eight. I didn't even notice that. How did that go unnoticed? Oh, I don't know. That might have been a matchup thing maybe. But well, yeah, it was against that- Vegas, of course, because Vegas has no secondary apparently. Right. That yeah. is bold, my friend. Wow. <laughs> 11 yeah. teams left, and you said, Andy Dalton, let's go. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I think I was just trying to play the matchup there, but yeah, that, that is a little uh, sketchy for sure. So that's that's actually a really good point. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, treating quarterbacks in general can uh, have its ups and downs, but uh, I was kind of determined to try to take that approach this year. So, I was going to live or die by it. Uh, to further Bishop's question just now, uh, you mentioned that you thought starting Herbert in a bad matchup was part of your downfall. Was there any other quarterbacks that you were uh, that you had your eyes on that you were maybe looking at starting instead of Herbert last week? Gino was kind of the main guy. Um, but uh, yeah, his matchup wasn't great against Tampa either. And I didn't know, you know, the international games, weird things. So hit miss man. Sometimes they're pretty unpredictable. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try to roll with Herbert. If I can get through this week with him, I think he's going to be really good. Um, You know, once he gets some better matchups and gets his receivers back. So I, uh, I just kind of rolled the dice, but uh, yeah, Gino was probably the main other guy that I was looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, though, I don't know if much would have changed as the results show. Gino would have only got you an extra eight points and change. I don't know if yeah. that would have changed much of anything. No, it would have got me ahead of uh, Cameron, but uh, yeah, it wouldn't have saved me from the from the double. So yeah, I think there was a bit of a gap. I think you finished with eighty three, and Cameron finished with eighty five, and the yeah. Sham was all the way up at ninety nine. So it would have took a couple of 
couple of a uh, couple of different players. But again, I think you were just ultimately like, I know you might be lamenting the fact you started Herbert. I just think you got truly unlucky with uh, Olave's worst game of the year and the Juju injury, man. So it's all good. It's all good. It but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to being back next year and right. uh, you know seeing seeing what I can do. Anyway, Mr. Burke, I appreciate Uh-oh. you coming on, taking the time to to give your thoughts and share your wisdom with us. And I'm looking forward to you coming back next year and make another deep run. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Uh, I feel like I was just hanging on for dear life that first year. But <laughs> it, worked, it worked out until I ran into right the end, yep. uh, web stack and then uh, I was done it's for. Unbelievable. But, uh, yep. but yeah, thanks for having me on, man. It's always, always a blast and, uh, and nice meeting you, Bishop. Hey, and, yeah, it's a pleasure uh, meeting you, man. Absolutely. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll get to do it again sometime. Right on. Absolutely. Until next time. Until All right, next time. All right, Sean. Thank thanks, you, for, thanks for joining us. Cheers. All right. Thanks again to Sean Burke for coming on the program. I know it wasn't the best circumstances for him being part of uh, being on the wrong side of history as one of the two teams decapitated in the first ever double elimination week. But shout out to Sean as always. Sean's a great guest, great conversation, just an all around fucking great guy. I really enjoy his conversation. Yeah, that was a great interview. Great conversation. Yep. Sean's a great guy, super intelligent, just brings a lot to the table. So I really like having him on. If I were to like ever like kind of bring in, like I think of uh, Tim and friends ever since Sid left the show to go to breakfast television, like right. if Sean could be like one of the regular, like friends of the show and come on like pseudo regularly. I think that would benefit us a lot. So Sean, I think uh, so too. Yeah, absolutely. Little, uh, uh, wink, wink, little, little wink and a nudge. Wink and a nudge so Anyway, uh, friends, that concludes our episode for this week. As always, shout out to our friends at HeaveWay.com for being our primary proud sponsor of the show. And as always, thanks to you, my friend, my co-host, Mr. Aaron Bishop. Another epic episode, as always, sir. Yes, sir. It was fun. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's always a blast being on this. I love it. Always. And the fact remains that despite your, your woes and TBLC, you and I are in the elite eight of the guillotine league sir (laughs) you've been there before but this is all brand new to me so wouldn't it be epic if we could both go on a run and get the heads up that would be fucking sick oh wouldn't that be something else yes sir yeah but this is where the strategy kind of flips right like we've been kind of in survival mode um leading up to this point but now double elimination the big two team loss it's really like i feel like the strategy shifting now to what I don't really know because this is all new for me, but I can just feel the dynamic of the pool changing. So hopefully uh, we can adapt and adjust to that. I don't know how it's all going to play out. I know that I'm just happy to be in it and happy to be the Wab King, the mayor, the (laughs) the sheriff of Wabsville. This guy right here. Looking forward to exploiting that and the rest of the managers as the season rolls on. So best of luck, my friend. You too, my friend. You too. We will talk same time next week. Yes, sir. Have a good week, my friend. You too. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in to the Weekly Fantasy Roundup. We appreciate each and every one of you listeners here at the show. Good night, sir. Take care, everyone. Cheers. Later. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Fantasy Roundup. You can contact us anytime via email at theweeklyfantasyroundup at gmail.com.